You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. From high school teacher to active real estate investor to a practitioner of the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Welcome to another special episode of Wealth Without Bay Street. Uh, Today we are joined by one of our colleagues, Peter Lount, an authorized infinite banking practitioner with the Nelson Nash Institute, one of our esteemed colleagues at Ascended Financial, who is also a proud sponsor of this episode. Peter, welcome to the show. We're going to give you all of the spotlight to introduce our very special guest today, a client of yours. Take it away, Peter. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, Richard, for uh, having us on the show today. It's such a pleasure to uh, listen to all these episodes and kind of need to be on the other side of things. Yeah, today I'm pleased to have Scott Wilson on. Scott, I introduced to this system, uh, to Infinite Banking a couple years ago. Uh, He's a high school teacher in Markham. He's been uh, investing in real estate for over six years, and he got to a point where he just was looking for other ways to expand his wealth and wisdom. And uh, in search for knowledge, he found Infinite Banking. We met, we talked about it, and he immediately um, was connected with it. He was very eager to, to learn more and has uh, really built his, uh, built his system up pretty nicely in the last couple of years. And uh, I would say is a great example of someone who really understands and you know, puts the process to work. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Scott. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I've- Longtime listener of this podcast, you guys have actually joined me on many night walks. Every time I go out, I've got your podcast on, and uh, I love to learn from you guys for sure. Oh, we're very, uh, very humbled and uh, grateful for those kind words. Thank you so much uh, for listening and for embracing this process. And before we get underway, Scott, you know, being that it's um, day nine hundred sixty-two thousand four hundred and seventy-two of the uh, COVID nineteen lockdowns. Uh, in particular in the uh, GTA, what's life been like for you since implementing this process? So if you maybe take our listeners back to what things were like before embracing IBC and and connect those dots for us, walk us through that that transition from before IBC to practicing the process in your family. Sure, for sure. Um, well, as, as Peter mentioned, I'm a high school teacher and I've been teaching for about 16 years now. Love my job love what I get to do every day. But one thing I noticed with it is that there was just, there's a lot of restrictions when you're a teacher. You don't really necessarily have control of your own time. And I started to realize that that control piece was something I wanted to add in some way to my life. And that's where I looked into investing in real estate. Again, that was just coming from reading some books, listening to some other podcasts, hearing some guests. And I thought, well, if they're able to do it, maybe that's something I could do on the side. Um, not leaving teaching, but just I have some extra time I could do, I'll try it out. And uh, really liked that challenge, really thought it was interesting, um, kind of jumped in without really preparing as well as I could have. But at the same time, I learned a lot through that first, uh, the first rental house purchase. Um, and, and then I bought a couple more um, with, with a friend of mine and we were kind of in business together and learning and, and making mistakes and it, it worked out well in the end. But there was still that control piece that I was missing. I liked, I had newfound control of an investment. I had newfound control 
of um, growing my portfolio of real estate. But one thing I kept running into was many, many, many emails and phone calls with the bank. Mm. And bank works during school hours. So I'm in class and my phone's ringing on my desk. I can't get it. I'm finishing my class. In between classes, I'll come back and find 17 emails and 18 voice messages. Um, information they're asking for that they probably could have asked for months ago about an upcoming closing of a house that I've purchased. And now I'm scrambling. And I'm fit. now I, I felt, well, now I don't have control at all. I've lost all the control and, and I've got my job that's pulling me with control. And now I've got this secondary investment, which I thought I was moving into to gain more control. I've lost that control now. And it was kind of, it was stressing me out and, mm. and I didn't want to add more stress to my life. I've got a busy life already with my family, but I didn't know if there's any other choice. Every podcast I listened to a real estate just said, you know, leverage, 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 buy more, you know, it, it appreciates, buy another one it appreciates. And I thought, oh, that's great. But it got to a point where I was thinking, but wait a second, now I don't have any of that money. That money's all controlled by someone else and it's not controlled by me. Um, I've got the keys to the house. I'm deciding who moves into the house. But at the end of the day, I don't really own the house. It's 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 controlled and, and the bank at the end of the day could say, we kind of want that house back. You know, we need some more money and, and I don't have any money because it's in another house. Hmm. So so I was, I was getting a little worried about what I was going to do um, with my real estate investing was it exactly what I wanted, wasn't it? Um, and that's not even bringing in the tenants aspect of it either. That's that's another story altogether. And then I, I, I was talking to Peter about one day and he, he had started bringing up this um, infinite banking. And I was naive at the beginning and thinking that I know about investing, right? I, I, I was successful with real estate. I, I figured I could do this on my own. And he brought it up once and I, I kind of shrugged it off. I, I thought, okay, well, interesting, whatever. He brought it up again. And I said, okay, well, how can I turn that into a lot of money? You know, which is totally the wrong question now that I understand the process. <laughs> but my thought was, you know, I'm looking at an investment opportunity. Yeah. How, how can I earn a lot of money? You know, and he explained a little bit more of it to me. And I thought, well, this isn't, this isn't going to get me rich really fast. And I think real estate still might be the way to get there. And it was good the way that, that he approached it because he didn't say like, you need to do this. Like this is, this is the missing piece, right? It was just kind of, here's a little bit, get me, me want more. Here's a little bit, maybe want more. I think it was the third time he brought it up that I, I started thinking a little bit more about the control It brought back to the control piece. And I, I was thinking, well, I do have some cash flow that's coming in from real estate. So if I put that into insurance and, and then I could reuse that, that's, that's a good idea. You know, maybe, maybe I can make a little bit more money on the side. Uh, maybe I won't buy another house. Maybe I'll just have this as another investment. Right. Um, and then he said, okay, well, read, read the book. So he gave me Nelson Nash's Becoming Your Own Banker book. And uh, and and I did. I, I read it. And I read it probably in a couple hours. I, I just sat there. I opened it instead of reading it. And the reason I was really invested in reading it is because I wanted to get I wanted to get that understanding so that I could ask him more questions. I didn't. I, every question that I asked him was, you know, he couldn't really answer it directly because I didn't understand what I was even asking. So if that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. So as I read the book, as I got through the book, you know, I started realizing, okay, well, this now this is a lot bigger than I thought. This isn't just, this is not an investment. This is, this is a tool. This is a lifestyle. This is a switch in everything that I've been thinking. Um, and I think I was lucky you know, listening to other guests that that you've had on your podcasts and, and other podcasts that talk about infant making, I think I was lucky in the sense that um, 
I didn't dismiss it right away with what I was reading. I kind of embraced it right away. Um, and I know that sometimes people go through it and they get caught up on interest rate right away, right? They get caught up on interest rate and stuff like that. I didn't, I don't think I got caught up on that right away. I think I was ready to be open to it and ready to understand it and wanting to understand it. And that's when, that's when Peter connected me um, with you, Jason, and, and we met for that first time. And I remember that meeting and, and I don't know if you remember it, but I, I do. And I, I basically, I came on and said, I'm ready. And you said, no, you're not. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm ready to start. Let's, let's get going. Right. And he said, no, no, you don't. Cause whatever questions I had asked you at that time, weren't the right questions. I didn't really understand as much as I thought I did. And, uh, and you said, you know, let's, let's meet in two weeks again. Right. And I said, okay, but I'm, I am ready. And, but I took that two weeks and I went through the book again. You had given me some information during our conversation. I'd written down notes and I kind of went back to the book and looked at it, connected the dots a little bit more. And then when we met again in two weeks, then, then I realized, okay, now I'm, now I'm ready. Yep. You know, to start, not, not to fully understand it, but to start similar to what I did, you know, six years ago with real estate, I was ready to start something new. And, 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 and once I had that policy in place, I actually um, got a number of policies just on my family, my immediate family, my two sons and my wife and myself. And we started that and you said, log into the, into the portal. And, and we talked at our next meeting and you walked me through the portal. And then I got a little bit more as you, as you introduced different aspects of that, I understood a little bit more Yep. and I started feeling confident with it. And I started understanding, okay, this is, this is something that's going to change not just my investment, but it's going to change how I'm going to live my life. It's going to change how I view money. That was a big thing. It changed my view of money. It changed my view of the use of money. Um, maybe a little bit angry, a little bit angry, but years, you know, that I've passed that I've just, I, I had money and I, I let it go. And I thought it was, I thought it was letting it go for the right reasons. I was purchasing things that I thought were, were necessary and they were, but I'll never see that money again. That was, that was gone. Very good point. Um, you're not alone in that, by the way. I, I also had that angry thought. <laughs> he did. And Richard will tell you, the year was 2009. I was flipping tables yep. and had a, I had a big chip on my shoulder with everyone that talked to me like, what's your problem? I got to become my own banker. Get away from me. <laughs> and well, you know what I'll say, Scott, is the catalyst here is Peter. And that that's one of Peter's uh, unique uh, abilities is connection. And he he approached it absolutely the right way so it wasn't an approach to try and convince you it was an approach to say here's something i think that you may find of value take a look at it see what questions come up for you and then that's what kind of triggered that journey and i'll never forget that first meeting that we had because your enthusiasm was amazing i am all set i am ready to go like this meeting hi nice to meet you but we're already wasting time. I want to get started. Like, let's get going now. And we still had a little bit of work to do on getting clarity on the problem because the solution was right there for you. Like you caught it so quickly. And once we framed up, got crystal clear on the problem, then of course we knew exactly what to do, but got to give uh, credit to Peter, you know, for being the, the, the catalyst here and, um, a really, really great connector, an extremely valued uh, colleague and uh, proud to have him as a teammate. Yeah, and I want to speak to that really quickly because this ties into uh, Scott, you know, you know, Peter vesting in you and, and wanting to build that relationship. Nelson Nash would, 
would say, you know, Jason, I'm sure you can recollect having this message drilled into you a number of times. And then yep. Nelson would say, all I'm looking to do is plant high quality seeds in fertile soil. That's it. And then tend the seeds. So every once in a while, you, a random book would show up in the mailbox and it would have a message written from Nelson, like, I think you should read this book. And then he would call him like, hey, thanks for that. And then he would ask you a bunch of questions about, did you even get started reading it or not yet? And he would, he would use that adage all the time. And so that just is kind of a, a homage to Peter looking at really, you know, he, he saw something in you. And uh, obviously you join us with the podcast. We, we see that now. Anyone listening in, you know, really take heed of the, 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 the journey that Scott's walking us through about this learning process and the things that he didn't know that he didn't see that all of a sudden became exposed. And it's like a whole new world just opens up about financial possibility. So thank you for sharing that. It's awesome. Peter, congratulations for being awesome and for making that connection for Scott. So love it. And Peter, what, what's your recollection of events? <laughs> I'm, so I, I would just, I'd layer on top of that because I, I appreciate the kudos I'm getting as a connector, but I mean, you know, I know where, where my unique ability is and, you know, get in front of the right person to through the process. We've built such a great team within Ascendant that, um, you know, there's, there's great players who, who play their part. And so I know where my part plays in there. What I was going to add to the connector part is, I mean, Scott himself is a great connector. Like I literally drop off books at, to his place, like by the, by the dozen. And he's like, he just goes and talks to people about it. Right. Other teachers, other, you know, other people. It's just like, that was kind of just reminds me of myself when I first found the process, I went and bought like 10 books and was like, okay, who could I, who could I drop them off to? Right. But yep. it's not about that. It's being people who have open mind to learning something new because it's, it's definitely rethinking the way that we're brought up to think. You know, I'll add to that, Peter, like when Scott was sharing, you know, what he was dealing with in expanding his real estate portfolio, the frustration, the inconvenience, the the instances where, you know, bankers were asking him for things that they could have asked for long before the pending closing of a deal, putting him in a position where he felt like he was scrambling. That's hardly a peaceful, stress-free financial way of life. And what I, I know that is already occurring, you know, with Scott and with his family is that this is beginning to create that for him. And Scott, it's uh, the way that you've embraced this process has been, uh, it's been re remarkable. And like Nelson always said, you know, and uh, it takes two to tango. And so for, you know, for where you're headed on your journey uh, I think it's going to be incredible. And so when you first began to put policies in place and you were starting to see more of this process that you didn't see initially, so describe for our listeners, just from your own vantage point, you know, what, what has life been like for you since embracing this process? How has it made you feel? What, what has changed for you in your financial outlook for your family? It's interesting. It goes back to kind of what Peter said about how um, I've been handing out books that, he, that he's dropping off in my house. I'm kind of doing that selfishly because when I hand those books out, it means that I have to explain what IBC is. And, and from my teaching background, explaining it kind of clarifies or gives me more clarity in my own head. So I'm handing a book out, I'm explaining what I'm doing. I'm kind of walking them through my own process. And then in my own head, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's what I am doing that. And then I can add to it. And I learn from the explanation myself to other people. So. I mean, I am doing it to, to definitely 
uh, try to help other people out, especially, you know, friends and family so that they can kind of see what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing. Um, it doesn't always happen that way, but, but I do, uh, you know, they ask me questions that I'm forced to then answer, which I'm then forced to think about, which is good for my own system because I figure out another, I try to solve a new problem that I might not have thought of until I was asked of that. Um, but in terms of my own financial situation, I think the, the really important part um, that I've taken away from this is just, I just feel that security. I feel that calmness now. Um, it just gives me that um, understanding that I'm setting myself up every single day. It's getting better. And it's not that I'm having to go rush to, to buy something that I think is a good investment. I know that if I do nothing, my money's compounding. Right. And, and I can sit back and I can wait for those good opportunities or those great opportunities. Um, it's not money that's available in a bank HELOC that, you know, it's there and I want to spend it. But if I spend it, then it's going to start, you know, costing me more money. I can literally just, I can sit there with knowing that my money's being taken care of um, because I'm not using my money. I'm borrowing money back from the insurance company. So my money's, my money's tucked away. It's safe. It's locked up. It's never going to be touched. Um, it, it's good. And, and that's kind of the conversation I had with, with Pete is, and he laughs because I said, I got I to gotta open another policy because I've got money coming in. I've got to lock this in so that I don't lose it. I want to make sure that it's safe. Right. And, and, you know, that thought process is such a, it's such a nice feeling because I'm not worried about, you know, all the other things that are happening around me. I know I see clearly or clearer, I shouldn't say I'm super clear because it gets more clear every day, but I see clearly right now what's in front of me and I'm prepared for it. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway is that, you know, I, as a teacher, I, I know I have a pension coming right. apparently, right. That could still go away. It's, it's, I mean, people say it's, it's the safest thing. And I tell my colleagues, I said, I don't know, like I'd, I'd make sure that you're, you're looking at other opportunities also, because if you're just relying on that teacher pension, or you're just relying on, you know, selling your house because it's going to appreciate it after 20 years and that's your retirement fund, you got to look a little bit closer at that because there's a lot of other factors that come in play and there's no control with that pension. That's the other part, right? I look at what's happening with, you know, during COVID and, and all the, the government bailouts that are being handed out and the country's going more and more in debt, the province is going more and more in debt. They're going to come for money at some point, right? So we know that taxes are going to go up. We know that registered accounts, the tax rates on those are going to go up. We know that pensions are going to be looked at at some point and they're going to start thinking, you know, why are we contributing so much to this pension here, right? They might start pulling back on that. There's no control from my standpoint as a teacher, right? I'm giving money to someone that's, well, I'm not even giving it, it's taken from my paycheck and it's put into the pension fund and, and I'm trusting that they're taking care of it so that when I go to retire, they're going to be able to give me my, my uh, biweekly or monthly pension check. But wow. there's no control there, right? That, there's just a lot of trust. So if it's there when I retire, great, that's amazing. But in the meantime, I want to control the money that I've got coming into my system. So I know that down the road, in case there's not that amount of money there, I'm prepared. That is an excellent, excellent uh, explanation. And what we're describing here, if you're new to Wealth Without Bay Street, first of all, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. We're talking about the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Now think about this. If you if you uh, think back in history, well, actually, let's think currently. If you think of a real innovator in the automotive industry, who comes to mind immediately? 
That'd be Elon. Okay. And if you think about going on a family vacation and running into Mickey Mouse, who comes to mind? Walt Disney. Walt Disney. And so when you think about this process that Scott has been describing and the and what's come up for him and his family, we're talking about R. Nelson Nash being the pioneer, the developer, the founder of this process. And we've got um, detailed notes, uh, show notes on how to get your own copy of Becoming Your Own Banker. It's a book that will absolutely open your eyes to a whole new financial world. Peter, any um, anything that you'd like to add or any questions that you have for Scott? Yeah, Scott, I guess, um, you know, where do you see yourself going with this? We, we actually, Scott and I talked quite a bit about this. There's, there's a lot of good back and forth and going through ideas and and etc you know what what's kind of your next next phase for you where do you see yourself using this good question <laughs> i think um i think right now I, i've i've moved away from real estate in terms of investing i haven't moved away so i shouldn't say that i'm just letting my my places do what they're doing i'm not looking to to get more right now um i've started actually um uh, taking a course on options, which you guys had a guest recently with uh, with Irwin and Cherry, I took I took yeah. their course on stock hacking, just as another uh, plan or thought in terms of gaining more cash flow. The nice thing I like about that, compa- combined with IBC, is that again I'm paying premiums with with cash flow money. I put that into the IBC, and then I can borrow back the insurance company's money to refund my options account, which I can continue to trade on. But again. I've now pulled money out of my trading account. So I've secured it, right? Just in case, because we don't know what's gonna happen with the market. So I've now taken it out, I've secured it, I put it back into my my system and I'm just rotating it through there. So I make sure that there is that control piece that I have. I know I can't control the stock market. I don't know what's gonna happen every single day. I, I have an idea, but now, because I can take profits out, put them into IBC, lock them away. I know that that's safe for my future and my family's future down the road. But when we talk, when you and I talk, Pete, we're always talking about different different ideas and different uses of, of IBC. And it's the same thing, right? Like there's, there's so many things that kind of are coming towards me that I didn't see before that mm. could turn into opportunity <laughs> um, or, or could be passed up, right? I, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know that I'm preparing to be ready for that next that next opportunity. And that's a phrase that Jason brought up to me. I remember in our first meeting and our second meeting and probably every meeting that we've had since then is just that, you know, these opportunities are going to find you. They are going to find you. And it's not that I didn't believe him the first time I heard that. I just wasn't too sure. I just, I, I know that I was always the one that was seeking out opportunities in the past. Right. But now that I'm, now that I'm seeing this process being played out in my own life, I am seeing different opportunities and I'm hoping that more come my way. And, and the more that come my way allows me to pick and choose and to be very, um, you know, prescriptive in terms of what I'm looking for. I'll share with you, Scott, that um, what comes up for me is when Nelson describes in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, he does a very good job outlining who the key characters are in the financial play. And for our listeners' benefit, so we're talking about four characters in the financial play. You've got the depositor, you've got the borrower, the banker, and the bank owner. Now, if you think about Scott's journey in particular, where he, you know, he's growing this real estate portfolio, he is both the depositor and the borrower. 
He's not the banker and not the bank owner. And now when you introduce the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, and he gets to become all four characters in the financial play because he just described what he's doing with his stock trading. And, you know, these are things that Scott enjoys doing. And recognizing that when you can become all four characters in the financial play, you cannot, there's no way that a person can get a higher rate of return by ignoring the banking process. And so in this particular example, Scott isn't ignoring the process, he's controlling it. And so when you put yourself in that position, you will, you will create indestructible wealth. And we know that money isn't wealth. That's not what we're describing. We know that the money is going to be there, when, especially when Scott need, needs it the most. It's all about the element of control and that peaceful, stress-free way of life when you're no longer worried about the bankers in your life. And so most people don't even understand who the characters are, let alone uh, the importance of them. And so when you get that right and, and you're able to do this, opportunity will track you down. And if, if you compare it side by side to anyone else taking advantage of the same opportunity, but they're ignoring who's controlling the banking function, Scott's going to come out ahead of his peer group every single time. There's no other outcome. There are no exceptions. And so well, what's, what's go ahead, beautiful Vic. about that too, Scott, is that, you know, you've isolated something we've talked about on the podcast, but talking about it and then walking through an experience of it and seeing it, you're, you're taking people through the journey of what's actually showing up for you. Yeah. What's, what's become true. And that's that, Hey, I heard Jason say, I heard that opportunities are going to show up that I'll, that if I start amassing more capital, like I'll start to recognize opportunities more, but you're actually walking people through the experience of it taking place in your own life. And that's, what's really important. There's a difference between, you know, giving lip service to something versus like hearing someone's actual journey. And Nelson really kind of beat that into Jason and I know quite a bit is that this, this opportunity magnetism that is created, you know, and our friend Ryan Griggs, he says that, you know, IBC simply put is the, the, the best way to systematically accumulate capital for the ability to deploy it when, when you determine is best. Yep. And that, so these opportunities that you're now discovering because of exposure to new ideas, exposure to new things, actively learning and focusing as a, as, an, as a teacher and an avid student in your own life, you're bridging these gaps between the opportunities you want to take place and you have the available access to do so. So it's a beautiful thing to share with our listeners. I hope they really take heed of that because it's so, it's so critical. And, uh, you know, you're, you've mentioned control a number of times and how valuable it's, it's a value. It's something that, that is internal in how you re recognize uh, what's important to you and that this process is providing so much control. And you, you even mentioned, you know, some tenant stories. I, I've got a number of those, Jason. I think you've probably got a couple. Peter, Peter's sure probably do. got a few. We do have a lot of real estate investors who listen to the podcast and that sort of thing. And if you're listening to this, I bet you you've got a doozy of a story that you can share. And, you know, take that story if before you had infinite banking. You know, the furnace goes, the tenant, the tenant's calling you while you're in school and you can't answer the phone because they've got no heat. Amazingly, they don't have any sense of humor about that at all. Um, and, and you've got to, you know, immediately go and access capital to go do something. There goes all your cash flow for the year on that property. Well, if you've been able to store and optimize it so that it's never gone from you and you can access it from the life company, but your, your furnace capital reservoir of costs continues to accumulate, plus your family's protected in the process. I mean, what a, what a totally different environment 
the exact same transaction of replacing the furnace exists, but the method by which you controlled the whole environment is, is the differential. So and really, really cool stuff. And Richard, do you think any commercial banker lays awake at night and worries about the issues that active real estate investors face? They could care less. It's the stream think, of payments. I think payments. if they're investing in their own real estate, they're probably worried, uh, but they're not worried about what the bank's up to. <laughs> like the banker is not laying awake at night wondering, gosh, geez, I, I hope Scott uh, gets a good tenant for that uh, rental property that he's just, just purchased. The banker doesn't care about that. The banker is saying, hey, we just locked in another stream of payments, fixed principal and interest. We know that that money's coming in and we know that we're going to redeploy that money and it's got to move and we're going to keep it in motion and we're going to multiply it for the benefit of the stockholders of the bank. And Scott's wondering, you know, is, is my tenant going to pay the, the rent? And if, did I screen the tenant properly? And, you know, all those things that are part of actively managing real estate and real estate's a great way to accumulate wealth and to grow your passive income. Absolutely. But gosh, if you can achieve the same objective on a path of, you know, much less resistance, is there anything stupid about doing that? Is there anything stupid about being all four characters in the financial play? Scott wouldn't say so. No, right, no, right Scott? Has all the... no, I, Go ahead, I, Peter. That's why, that's why I want to be all four players all the time, for sure. I want that control. I keep bringing it up. I want the control. I want to keep the control. And I want to figure out how I can do other investments and other opportunities, but always be in control for sure. Love it. Peter. I was just, I was just going to say just to dovetail on what you were saying, Jason, like the banks have all the security too, right? Like there's, there's, there's no risk for them at all. Right. Like we're the ones who are putting all the risk out there. But the other piece I want to add into to Scott in terms of talking about future is, you know, why we connect so well is, you know, he's thinking beyond retirement. He's thinking when I retire, my pension, if it's there, is going to be, I'm going to be making like a lucky if it's three quarters to half of what I'm making. I don't want to live on less, right? I want to, I want my future to be bigger than yeah. now, right? So that's, that's where I think that's a big reason that we connected to is the, the amount of time that he spends in terms of, you know, he's curious, he's looking, investing himself. He's looking for Jason, you know, this well too, because we you've met with Scott since as well, very recently. And, how can I put this to work? How else can I implement this into my life? Right. Yep. And you know, I, he's looking for every, I love <laughs> every that way because you know, Scott is continually rethinking his thinking and that, that was Nelson Nash's fifth golden rule because everything begins with the way that we think and what we are sharing with people it, when we are first introducing this process is, and most recently as well, is that we're saying to folks, it's time to think again. Well, I said, pardon, <laughs> it's time to think again. And so once you start thinking differently, you open your eyes to a whole new financial world and, and you get to radically improve whatever it is that you're already doing financially, what you're contemplating doing financially. This is a game changer. And Richard uh, and Peter, you can both attest to this. Haven't had a single client contact us during this uh, pandemic of all things, a once in a lifetime, something that we've never experienced before. And clients are contacting us saying, I feel so much more um, assured because my money is safe. 
And I know that my policies keep growing in value every day, uninterrupted. And I know that I have a growing pool of financial value that's readily accessible in case we need it for the family, the business. And that, that fills our hearts with joy. You know, it's, it's, it just, it's so transformational. And this client series is one of the sharpest examples of that. Speaking of filling our hearts with joy, uh, Scott, you mentioned your family a little bit on the call. You talked about how you've got a number of policies going and you, you established some on other members of the family. You talked about, you know, having a few kids. I'd love to hear just your thoughts. Maybe someone's listening. They've, they've got, they're like yourself. They've, they've, they're, they're married. They've got a couple of kids and they're thinking, well, why would I do that? Why would I get policies on other, other individuals and that sort of thing? Maybe walk us through your thought process. What was important in you, to you about doing that? And how do you see that playing a role in your family's future? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think getting policies on, on my two sons is, is one of the most important things that I've done when I, when I started this system, because these, these policies, and I'm hoping to get more down the road on them, are, are going to be the foundation for their financial future. I, I want them to understand how IBC works, and I want them to understand how these policies work, and I want them to understand that, you know, they're not, they can't be abused. You have to use them properly. Um, just because I know how to use them properly doesn't mean that they're going to have that same understanding until I, until I teach them, right? And I have to walk them through that. Um, but, I mean, for their futures, if they can understand exactly what I'm doing right now, and they can they can imitate that, they can improve that. They're going to be in an amazing situation down the road, right? Both I, they're six and eight right now, so they're they're still young, and they've got they've got many years where these policies that I've started on them are just going to start spinning faster and faster and faster, and it's going to get to the point where they put in their their annual premium, and it's going to be three four times that in cash value, and and they can use that money for things whether it's for school down the road, whether it's for maybe even a down payment on a house, hopefully, if we can get enough of those policies spinning for them um, and it stays within their system. But at the same time, they've got to understand that that's not free money, right? That, that money that, that's there, that's available, is meant to be used, but it needs to be repaid also, right? There's got to be a system set up where if they take a loan from their policy or from the family system, there's got to be a structured repayment because that money's coming back to us and they'll get to reuse it again later on. But if they just borrow it and they use it and they buy it, then they're just emptying out our family bank. And there's no understanding of really what I've been trying to set up for them. But it really is, I'm hoping, going to set up their future so that they can not have to go to a commercial bank ever, right? They can come to a family bank and they can sit with us and they can they can talk to me if I'm the CEO of our bank and they can give me their business plan of what they want to borrow and why they want to borrow it. And I'll say, sure, but here's the, here's the terms for the repayment. Right. And, and they're not going to say no to that because that money's coming back to them anyways, later on, and they can reuse it. Um, it would be smart for them to do that. And I think it was actually that same question is something that I discussed with Jason during one of our meetings too. And I said, what do you do with your policies for your kids? Once they get older, what are you going to do? And, and we kind of walked through that. And I think, everyone's got different ideas of what they're going to do, how they're going to pass them on, how old their kids are going to have to be before they get it. But I think the common thing is that no one's getting that policy. No kid's going to get that policy until they understand how it works. It's not just, it's not a gift. It's not, this is not a windfall of money where I just give it to them and they can go blow it. It's, it there has to be an understanding. And until there's that understanding, 
then they're not going to get access to it. And I think that's that's the most important piece um, to it is just educating them on what they're about to get the keys to because it's the most powerful foundation of their financial future that that they could ever imagine. Nelson would say, learn to plan, think, and act intergenerationally. That's right. And you're demonstrating through your actions that that's exactly what you're doing because you, you're, you're, you're stating for everyone who's listening that you really understand Nelson's first primary golden rule, which is you got to think long range, learn to think beyond your own lifespan. And so you're a living embodiment of that, sharing that with everyone who's listening in Scott. So congratulations. And that's wonderful. What a key takeaway for any listener that the, the power of what you can create on your own children and working together as a family line, the, the abundance mindset, the abundance mentality of how these dollars can interplay amongst the different generations of a family because it's all under one control mechanism as you're the CEO of the Wilson family bank. And that's just amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that we are doing, uh, Scott, uh, and we'll share it with our listeners too. So with, with clients who are embracing this process, one of the things that we just uh, recently launched was our client portal, which is this amazing vault, no pun intended, of uh, resources. And there will be a whole family uh, banking, I guess, series of modules, if you will, where it's just kind of walking through the approach, the system that we take in uh, having our annual family banking meetings where all of the children attend uh, some of whom have already initiated and repaid policy loans, and we're teaching them the, the language, we're, we're helping them to, to think. And so we're going to have all that uh, in the client portal. That's exclusive, of course, to uh, clients who embrace this process uh, with, with our Ascendant Financial team uh, through the, uh, the bridge here of uh, the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast. And uh, so we're super pumped about that. And you will... Uh, be a part of, you know, uh, evangelizing that message. And so we, we appreciate you sharing that part of your journey for your family. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I got those emails for that client portal and it was really exciting to get. I haven't, I haven't logged in yet. I, I have to do that. Um, well, what are you waiting for? I'm too busy checking my policies, <laughs> my daily policies. All the time. I'm logging in. To see He's like, I was in the wrong portal. I'm in my policy <laughs> access. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And I think that, you know, any, anytime I hear anyone else talking, uh, that's why I listen to your podcast. Anything, anytime I hear anyone else talking about, you know, how they're using their system, it just it adds a little bit more knowledge to to what I can do, right? And I, I guess also going back to one of the earlier questions you had asked me, I think another thing that IBC has really brought me is just that ability to, you know, be open to all these new ideas, right? And not to have you know, tunnel vision on here's what I'm going to do and here's how I'm going to get there. There's just, there's so many different messages within IBC that, that I can learn from that I can, you know, not, not all of them are going to work for, for my situation, but, but if I can find a couple of different ideas that I can use that others are already doing with their system, that's a huge advantage, right? And this community just keeps growing. And, and like I said, the, the more people you have on this podcast, that are experts and that are clients, they all have different views. And, and that's just the value in that is, is huge. And I wasn't joking. I do take you guys on a walk every night and I listen to the episodes multiple times just to see what I've missed, right? Similar to, to reading the book, right? Yep. There's even in the podcast, there's, there's different, there's different languages. There's different things that are said that I wouldn't have picked up on the first time. And, uh, and it's just important. I find for me at least. That's great. Now 
And, and are you listening to us at uh, 2x speed? Because I know I sound very chipmunk-like at 2x. So um, if you if you haven't done that and you want an extra laugh, maybe on your next evening walk, you can just kick I, us up. I haven't, but I, I will. I will for sure. To try that. It's a much faster assimilation of knowledge. It's uh, um, So on that note, uh, Peter, any, any closing remarks for our listening audience today before Rich uh, takes us out with the hero? You know, I, I think it, just the example of Scott is just the community that we're building in Ascendant is, is you know, he's kind of the, for me, the ideal client and person to work with, right? Like it's so enjoyable to have these conversations and like I come out of those conversations really energized and um, I think just, you know, we're all, we're all going to different paths, but we're all on a similar journey. So it's, it's, um, it's so good to have clients like Scott to be able to, uh, to share this journey with. Excellent. Richard. Very cool. Well, um, I appreciate this, Scott. It was so nice to connect with you for you to share. Um, I really think that as you're beginning to continue learning and growing, I see having you join us again in the future to update um, our listeners on some of the new discoveries that have come that will come for you. Maybe some new opportunities that showed up for you unexpectedly because you'd uh, been in the capitalization phase uh, of your financial life, which is great. And also to hear some great updates as those, uh, those, those kids of yours begin to age and start to incorporate some teaching lessons with them, um, which is really cool. Now, as a, as, a, as a teacher, as a high school teacher, I'm sure you're familiar and you've probably seen kids in school wearing many superhero t-shirts and uniforms throughout the, the years. And we know that not all heroes do wear capes, but you might not always think of yourself as a hero. You might, I'm not sure. I think you've got it in with you. But every time that you're creating value for others, you're, you're, you're teaching the youth of today and you're, you're sharing Nelson's message in the book, you're, you're joining us on the podcast, et cetera. You're benefiting people, making their life easier in some way. Um, who would you say, Scott, that you'd like to be a hero to? I think it all comes back to my family again. I think that's, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build generational wealth. I'm trying to build a system that's going to benefit my family um, for, for many generations to come. I'm not overly concerned with, with the wealth that I'm building for myself. That, that's great, but it, it's really going to hit the ground running when my kids start implementing this system because their policies are going to be so far along. And the, the understanding of what I've done to this point is hopefully going to add a lot of value to, to them. And, and to their lives and to their, their future lives down the road. So I think if I'm able to accomplish um, that passing of knowledge along with the passing of, of these policies in the system, I think then I will have done you know, a, a good job for them. And, and that's kind of what the reasoning for me starting this was, was always about. Terrific. Well, thank you. Thank you to uh, all of our guests who joined us here today, uh, Peter Lounce, authorized infinite banking practitioner, uh, teammate extraordinaire here at uh, the Ascendant Financial Headquarters, the world, the global headquarters of Ascendant. Thank you, Peter. And to Scott Wilson, thank you for, thank you for teaching. Thank you for, you know, committing your, your expertise to help others learn and grow and for for the way that you've embraced this process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, really appreciated having you today. And of course, my amazing co-host, my dear friend, my confidant, hailing from Chilliwack, British Columbia, standing today with a bit of a sore back, Mr. Richard Canfield. Thank you so much, Rich, for being here again and 
And we'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Without Bay Street. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth.